question. The inclusion of the gratuitous, emphasis on gratuitous sex scenes and party, like there was a, it, calling it a sex scene is actually kind of like conservative from what I thought it was. And it was kind of unnecessary um, for the sake of the, the movie. So what are you reading? What am I reading? Yeah. This I will lead into our whole entire thing. So thoroughly in love with a court of mist or a court of thorns and roses for Sarah J. Maas that I decided to plow ahead with the series. Although I had to take a slight break with it. I mean, you kind of um, have to with that one sometimes. Um, not because I, I want to. Uh, just I, I have to review a book soon. Read and review a book, which I haven't picked one out yet, but I, I still need to do it. Um, and the House of the Cerulean Sea is about to be started which I have, it's for our Staff Picks Book Club of the month. If you listen to this, join the book club for the Staff Picks. Do it. Um, also to, I am Andy, um, your dearest uh, daddy of the dungeon. Thank you. <laughs> um, we are down one person today. So, but they're not here, so we can talk as much smack, not like our This is smack. the roast of the mouth of the south. I'm just kidding. The roast of the mouth from the south. Um, we love you, Tony, and we will await your return to semi-bookish in the coming weeks. I was like, in two weeks? <laughs> in the coming weeks, two weeks, three weeks, whenever we, whenever it happens. We miss you. Or do we? What are you reading, Supreme Overlord Aaron? Supreme Overlord me. Hi, uh, I'm reading currently The Binding by Bridget Collins. Uh, kind of the storyline behind it is um, there's a farmer boy works in the fields, you know, whatever. Uh, he decides, because he wants to get away from his family, he wants to start an apprenticeship in bookbinding. However, bookbinding is a lot more, um, it's not as what you think it is. So bookbinding, when, you, in the traditional sense, is you bind a book, right? Yeah. You know. This one, instead, you're binding memories, and there's a lot of superstition surrounding it, and he's got an apprenticeship doing this now. And then... This boy meets um, another boy named uh, Seredith, who is one of like the, how do I explain it? He's like a bourgeois boy, you know, he's rich, he can do what he wants. And he's coming in to do this, and then it leads into like a whole entire love story, but also some fantasy elements in there. It's gay, I'm reading it, that's all I care about. And then meanwhile, I'm playing, um, Disney just came out with a game called Dreamlight Valley, and it's kind of like um, you're an adult care person and you've had your job, your day job, whatever, and you just want to get away for a while. So you hop in your car with your favorite book and then you drive down and then you go into the woods for a bit. And then you find this place where you used to play when you were a kid and there's like the Cinderella castle, there's a tree house, there's like a well, there's like all this other stuff. And you start reading your book and you fall asleep. And you wake up in a place called Dreamlight Valley. And Dreamlight Valley is the place where all the Disney characters live. And you have, and it's been taken over by this thing, the Night Thorns, and caused everyone to do something called the Forgetting. Because their ruler, I, I think it might be you, I'm not sure. I haven't gotten that far in yet. Left which caused everyone to start forgetting and going away and disappearing. And you have been tasked as the only person who has the magical powers to do so, because I believe it's your realm in the first place, fix it. 
So you have to connect back with your inner child and go fix all these different places. It's really cool. You get to create your own character. Da, 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 da. So that's what I'm doing. Lord-ish. Oh, I was, I was going to say really quick. I get, I get Kingdom Hearts vibes yeah. mi minus the Final Fantasy. Yes, character. it's Kingdom Hearts minus the Final Fantasy and a lot more wholesome because it's mm. just Disney and not Square Enix also in there. Because if it was just Square Enix also in there, you know we have to have combat in there somewhere. But so far, I have not seen any combat. Mm -hmm. <coughs> really quick, um, brief interruption before you get to your um, yeah. what you're reading now, Grant. Uh, there was an article, I, I should find it and share it with y'all, where the writer, the journalist was making fun of, I mean, loose journalist, um, loosely used, is making fun of Square Enix game names, naming conventions like... Like, what does this even mean? Bravely default. 1.5 like, Redux? Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, why? Like, some make some made sense over the years, but like when you really get down to it, no matter how good the game is, like, why? Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. I, I don't know, actually. Uh, Lord-ish, what yes. are you reading? Let's continue <laughs> okay. onward before I decide to have an existential crisis. Okay, uh... Just today, Lord Ish started reading um, Alice Not by Blake Butler, who is an author I've heard a lot about and I've been wanting to get into. Um, but like I said, I really just started it, so I can't say, <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, it's about an aging kind of, she's an heiress, and she kind of blew her whole inheritance on uh, famous artworks and stuff. That sounds like my kind of heiress. Then some of them get stolen. And Does she have to get them back? I don't know yet, but what? But um, there's a viral video that comes out of these people burning one of them. <gasps> and although people kind of react to it like that is an art piece in and of itself. So it's a, it's a whole meditation on, on, on art and everything according to the back. According the to so, the back. According to the back of the book. He has an interesting way of writing. Um... Uh, and piece by piece, I'm kind of going in, just, you, know, you know, pacing myself. I'm reading um, Destination Onward, The Story of Fate's Warning by Jeff Wagner. Which that is, sounds like a lot. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a biography <coughs> of a band called Fate's Warning, who I think I briefly mentioned in, like, episode three or something. Can't remember. So the fact that you remember that far is a feature all in itself. <laughs> Because I, I was reading another book by the same author, but I got one of the signed copies because that was one of the first 100 to order it. But, um, yeah, it's just a biography of this band. They're like a top ten for me. They're really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're like a more uh, cosmic, experimental Iron Maiden. More cosmic, experimental Iron Maiden. Yes, that's what I say. So we're going to discuss this on your episode, yes, right? Yeah, I, I, yes, okay. you, you will definitely hear more about Fate's Warning on that episode. Side note, I really think you need to give uh, the British metal band Manowar. Oh, I love Manowar. Okay, good, good. Manowar's great. Guy came into the library uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm like, man, really? I've thought oh, about them in like three decades. Did he have a shirt on or something? Yeah. Okay. And, it was, and then he and I bonded because we're similar in age, similar. There's so much. I felt like I was geeking out like an old homie from back in the, the back in the day. Um, but there's that. Also, a book I wanted to recommend. Um, there's a movie, Monuments Men. Yeah. Ooh, you? yes. Um, I really like the movie. It was really fun, but like, and the book is infinitely more fascinating because it's it's a nonfiction. It's real life. 
Um, it really goes into a lot more detail that the movie did not go into. But um, um, if Monuments Men, during World War II, there was a movement, uh, a special unit formed of, of not just men being drafted into the military, but um, scholars, art historians, archaeologists, people that were tasked out to go into Europe and recover all the artifacts, paintings, or as much as they possibly could. They did that with librarians too. Mm -hmm. um, it, to recover all this and protect it from Hitler's nefarious schemes. Um, or just being destroyed in general by yeah. bombs. Although they did find um, some of the kind of little tidbit of knowledge that they found a lot of them were preserved in these little mountain caves that were like salt caves. Yeah. Which was actually probably a really smart thing to do. It was ingenious. Yeah. How they were preserved. Um, Can we quote you that, Aaron? <coughs> the Nazis are ingenious? No. Okay. No! <laughs> no! Okay. Just, you know, preservate. Yeah. Preservation methods, no matter who did it, that was very nice. So what genre? Like, you were talking about the book. What genre is it? Is which book? That, that was a biography? Uh, the that Fate's was... Warning book? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, it just goes through the band's history. Um, from their, you know, like, there, there was like a proto band before Fate's Warning was formed, and just how all the members got together. And they, I mean... They're kind of what's known. They're like one of the big four of like what's known as progressive metal. <coughs> like basically, they they take a more technical. They're just trying to do more, more interesting stuff with the with the genre. Like bringing in different different uh, bits and pieces from different genres, just trying to create something cool. And uh, on top of that, they're just really fun. So okay, yeah, and it's just really thorough. And they, there's interviews and stuff. So hmm. yeah. So dear listeners. I wonder what they would suggest to read for people. Right. Today's podcast, because we're a little low, we kind of brainstormed the topic for the day instead of progressing forward with the one that was geared towards Tony. Um, when Tony comes back, we'll fix it. And we will fix we'll do it. that one. It's, Tony is a resident scholar in Tolkien, so we, we need them present. Um, but what we decided to talk about today is one of the most challenging aspects of the library job. And no... Contrary to popular belief, it is not the like sitting sores we get from reading all day, um, or the uh, sore throat we get when we have to shush people out of the library. Uh, which <coughs> neither is truth. <coughs> the toughest job I think we have, and at least it's the most intimidating for me, is readers' advisory. Oh heck yeah! Really quick definition. Definition of or readers' advisory. Or a loose explanation. What is readers' advisory, Miss Erin? Uh, so. The easiest way to explain what Reader's Advisory is, I mean, the definition's kind of in the title, but right. easiest way to explain it is, for example, Andy comes up to me and goes, hey, I don't know what to read. Recommend me something. And then I, as the librarian in that moment, have to recommend to Andy, advise him on what books he might want to read from what I know of him. And this could be me asking Andy a whole bunch of different questions, such, such as, well, what did you read last? What are your favorite genres of books? What are books that you hate? And then if they kind of don't like to go off on tangents of what they like, which helps me as the librarian figure out what you want, then I ask questions such as, well, what TV shows do you like? Because sometimes asking yeah. about their favorite TV shows will give you good insight into what types of 
books they might enjoy based on that. And then as a librarian, sometimes you have to go with the smallest amount of information that you get possible and you have to just roll with it. I, I found a book one time. It was blue. And it had, a pic, it had a picture of a kid with a wagon on it. Uh, I read it back when I was like a little kid in 1962. Can you help <laughs> me find it? That, um, is, that is essentially reader's advisory. It, it, on the note, if you really are struggling with stuff like that, like you can't remember much of a particular topic, movie, book, concept, I don't know, whatever, go on to Reddit, look for the tip yep. of my tongue. Yes. Yep, there is a whole entire Reddit where you They can may ask not be people. librarians, but they will forever be... Google scholars. Yeah, they are amazing. I've tried to find obscure YouTube videos and that stuff. I haven't succeeded, but it's a good place. I found a good... Like, there have been a couple movies people have asked for. That they're just so hard to find. Like, it's ridiculous how hard it is to find. But you, you go in there, wait a day, maybe two, and then you come back. Like, I, I gave you the barest amount of information. But that's a whole other topic. Reddit is for a discussion for another day. That's that a rabbit our, hole. That is our rabbit hole internet discussion for another time. Um, that should be an episode. That, I mean, it really should be. We should just have internet rabbit hole episodes. Mm -hmm. Oof. That could... Lake City Quiet Pills? Sure! That's a fun one. So Reader's Advisory, it's the idea of getting the right book into the patron's hands through a kind of a conversational discourse between uh, the librarian, the library professional at the desk, and the, the um, patron in front of them. Um, what, but, what, do you engage in it much? Like, I, I feel like people, they ask us all, all the time. Like, yeah, what's your, do you have any fun stories, horror stories? Uh... Not really. I mean, I mean, just the other day, I had somebody um, looking for a very, like, a very specific book, like, kind of in your example that they couldn't exactly remember who the author was or what it was about. They just knew that there was a horse in it. Um, There's a horse. I, I know, but um, it was kind of in the area of like, um, oh, I'm trying to think, like, maybe Ellen. What, what what's that author's name? Ellen. Ellen Hildebrand, kind of that style. Eileen Hildebrand, that kind Eileen of thing. Eileen Hildebrand, yeah. So, so we kind of we kind of worked through it. Um, I haven't had any really bad examples, of like like you know, run-ins. Um, uh, I, you guys have referred people, or maybe it was Andy. Referred I've referred somebody, people to you. Yeah. Like somebody wanted a horror novel. For yeah, that me. And I hooked him up with a Clive Barker one. And what? You know, yeah. So, I don't know. What about you guys? Um, I'm I I have had a couple of like like I can't remember the specific book in question, but I can remember an interaction with a patron where, and they still come talk to me about like what I'm reading. Oh, what what do you think I should read? And then it's like, like hold on, because and this is a kind of a key strategy too. We have to be cautious of when we're doing readers' advisory that we're not just recommending what we want to read, because that's very linear and one-sided. Just like oh, yeah. you. It may not be, it, it has nothing to do with them, the patron. It has all to do with you and your personal preferences. Now, I, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I had read a good book just in conversation. I read a good book. And if they express interest, then, then you recommend it. And then you're doing reader's advisory. It's like, it's the difference between like a recommendation, recommendation and a suggestion. Um, because you might not even read the book, which is something we all do. Because um, we have book page, book list, library journal. Mm -hmm. I, I, I also read Audiophile Magazine. Mm -hmm. 
there's Tor, there's Book Riot, like all these different like sites that we get the what's the latest and greatest on a particular uh, from author, topic, genre, fiction, nonfiction, audiobook. Um, but the horror story I can think of, like I can think of a specific person who still comes to me. But like one time, I I was so certain I read a book that they were gonna love. I mean, everything they read previous to it. Um, it was very similar. Yeah. Came back like within a week. I hated it. I could barely even finish it. I'm sorry. You asked me. Never ask me again. But yeah, that's a horror story I kind of had before. Where, I mean, we joke about the like, I'm, there's a cover. It's you know. That uh, doesn't actually have to happen as often as you think. It's more of we get people coming in. And this is no knock to them because I do it all the time to myself anyways. Mm -hmm. It's, I want to read something. Okay, what do you want to read? I don't know. Pick me something. What do you like to read? I don't know, anything. Pick me something. And then you're like, oh my god, I'm going to just like grab a box and throw it on the floor. Conveniently, there was a box in the room. Mm -hmm. I'll pick so, it up now. Okay, what's a... I, when you were walking in the room earlier, Aaron, mm -hmm. I did throw out there um, one of my one of my starter questions is when they one of my favorite questions. It's not a starter question. It's usually not, but I really like it as a to kind of get a vibe of what they're reading. Mm -hmm. um, what's a book you what 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 is a book or what are books you like to recommend to everyone? Like when the person says, "Oh no, no, I'm not sure what I'm in the mood to read." Well, what are books you recommend? all the time depends on the person um it depends on the vibe i get yeah a lot of times i go by the vibe that the person gives me so for example um my mom does this all the time so i give readers advisory to my mom on my off time because that's just how i exist and i'm a nice daughter and that's what i do um and sometimes she'll go oh i really like uh, we were talking one day yesterday about Mennonite fiction, which is basically Christian fiction, but yeah. it's set in an Amish community. This is a really actually big subgenre of Christian fiction in general, to the point where it is one of our more popular genres that people check out in our library. Um, and so I was talking to her about how I, as the adult purchaser of books now, um, <clears throat> knew that we didn't get a lot of it and I wanted to add more in because I knew people were asking for it. And so I was literally going to all the different Christian fiction publishing houses and going through all of, like combing through their stuff going, okay, so what's coming out soon that I can put into a cart now? Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, I really like that stuff. And I was like, okay, so which ones do you like? And she was like, I don't know. So I immediately just off the vibe she gave me went to the like most popular ones so I was like here's some Tracy Peterson here's some Wanda E. Brunsetter there you go congratulations um I had another person come up to me the other day and he asked me for fantasy novels specifically and because you know I obviously don't know him and he wasn't really giving me all that much information I immediately recommended him Firekeeper's Daughter because that's good. You were talking about that, yeah. And then I also immediately recommended Taking of Jake Livingston because I knew that one was also popular and fits all the right notes and tells me if you like spooky things or not through that. See, it's always such a struggle when they talk about fantasy because mm -hmm. 
You can go multiple different ways with fantasy, because he was also like, I like sci-fi, and then I also put Dune on his stack as well. And he, yes, you I yeah, and then I mentioned to him, I was like, okay, I you said you like epic things like Hobbit, and you read it religiously. This is the same kind of like epic vibe, but it goes a little bit more denser in there. So it might be if it's a little bit more on the dense side for you, let us know so I can recommend you something that's better. But I usually recommend sci-fi. You like epics. You're getting Dune. Congratulations. Um, if there's, you... there's also in the scope of that because, um, like, if we're talking, like, things that are a little more sweeping epic fantasy, mm-hmm. um, of course, Tolkien, um, Herbert, which yeah. also dances in the whole sci-fi as well, um, I'm growing to find Brandon Sanderson's world building. Robert Jordan, too. Robert Jordan is, they're just insanity. Both of, like, all of those, like, have some really insane, intense world building, and you can always rely on those, because people will always get into them, and then if they do, you can always recommend them something similar. So I usually like to start people on the first of a series or a book. Yeah. Um, something that's either A, lighthearted, or B, really gets in there, depending on how you vibe. Because... It lets me know how much you like horror things, how much you vibe with really dense material, or if you prefer more lighthearted material. So usually when somebody asks me questions, I usually try to give them one on each end of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. I give them two, and it could be something like a Lena Castillo and a um, Ace of Spades like style, like suspense novel if they like those. And then I throw those in and I go, okay, tell me which ones you like. And then they give me more feedback and it helps me decide, okay, do I go to the more nitty gritty CIA thrillers or do I go down and make this more cozy, somebody just accidentally thrown into this or do I go the unsuspecting person gets thrown into a serial killer moment, stalking thing. Right. And it always just depends. Which you said earlier too, and we'll shift a little bit to horror and psychological because it's it's kind of interesting to talk about that because that's a genre that I defer to you. Psychological kind of messed up horror. I know you said before you're not the horror person, but you and Megan are, for me. I guess out of the people that work here, we're yeah. probably most in that um, But yeah, you said something about the TV show because that's something I ask sometimes too. Is like, what's a TV show you watch? But I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't relate to that as well. What are movies you like to watch? Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly watch TV shows or movies all the time. So when I ask people that question, I'm usually asking them that because, one, it gets them excited, and, two, they can tell me, like, if I don't know what it is, like, let's say it's a movie that I have not heard of or a TV show that I have not heard of and I don't know what genre that is, I can ask them, and it usually gets them started because they'll start talking about it, and then they'll start talking about another TV show, and sometimes that just spirals. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say I ask Tony, I'm like, all right, so what shows do you like to watch? And they started rambling on about the fact that they're watching Rings of Power and Game of Thrones right now. I can Mm -hmm. immediately roll off of that and go, okay, I can see you like more epic things. Here, try these. Yeah. Or if somebody else looks at me and goes, I like Handmaid's Tale, the show, and then Killing Eve, 
I can give you more dystopian, thrillery type things that are going to make you want to throw the book on the wall. So Not quite out the window. Not quite out the window, but at the wall. I was thinking in the vein of like horror and stuff, um, if someone were to say, yeah, I really like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or um, The Saw or you know something to that effect, I'd be like, okay, you want a little more... Slashery. I'm, I'm say, slashery, even pulpy. Mm-hmm. That's where my mind... Again, it's not my jam, so... Grady jump Hendricks, in. maybe? Probably the final girl? That's that's who I was going to bring yeah. up. Or, yeah. who, who's Zadie Smith? She recently wrote the... Was it Zadie Smith who wrote the the girl... The, the other black girl? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking... I don't know why her name was. Which, right. that turn... That's like Get Out. Mm-hmm. So that I haven't read it. So but then I'd also maybe try it around and turn like Richard Osman yeah. or Anthony Horowitz, who are both very big murder mystery type people, mm-hmm. that have a little humor in there and can get a little campy if you really want. And But they want the grand sweeping horror? Yeah. Where do we go? Stephen King is one that comes to mind. I mean, maybe he's a little cliche, but... I like, usually throw in a little bit of Josh Mallerman in there, too. I think mm-hmm. it's Mallerman. What did Josh Mallerman write? Bird Box. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about I that. I usually throw a little bit of Bird Box. He writes some other things, too, and we do have all those. Uh, not a lot of his stuff, but we have some of his other non-Bird Box things upstairs, so I can throw mm-hmm. those in the cart and be like, read it. <laughs> I'm really excited for a couple of horror novels that I put in the cart for next month. Mm. Which ones? Uh, White Horse. Um, is it White Horse? One is Lux. And Lux is supposedly, like, insanely good. Um, White Horse is a new one by Erica T. Worth, which is supposed to be one. And then there was, like, it came on a pale horse, which is, you know, horse-related, but not really. It's it's a book. Um, there's a few others, and I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, because... They're in my cart and not in my brain at the moment, but fiction, if I can re-type word, releases October 2022. I can tell you what's coming out. Thank you, Tor, for showing up and showing out. If you like fantasy, Tor.com is a site you need to bookmark. Mm -hmm. Science fiction and fantasy. Um, Heck yeah. That's a, it is a good website. Um, I totally had a question. Oh, Jackal's a good one that's coming out, too. Jackal. Um, God, where is it on here? Because I'm literally just like looking at these right now. But Jackal is a good one. It's a small town, Amer- like Rust Belt town. Um, one, there are two black girls in this whole entire town, and one of them has gone missing during a wedding. And... Um, the only other black woman in the town notices a pattern with this and is trying to figure out what's going on before she gets kidnapped. Yeah. Because it'll follow the pattern. And so that's that's a real good one that's coming out that I'm excited for. Okay, actually, this is... If we go down a little bit more from, like, if we think more meta-knowledge about why, what people like to read... Um, like, okay, what did you read? Okay, like horror. And maybe we think horror or fantasy or science fiction or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's what's hot in this thing. Like, in this particular, that, that genre. And here's what's leading. Or do you want 
fantasy like heavy or fantasy light do you want you know whatever um i have found books that i like simply because of the language use of language in them um i can think of a book i hated despite the fact that the language is beautiful um lauren lauren groff's fates and furies beautifully written book i hated it um i mean i know that sounds a little counterintuitive like the language use um, but like at the end of it, I'm like, okay, another example would be Starless Sea. I think the language, the writing was literally a beautiful thing, but I found myself not caring, just not caring. Whereas in other books that I think where I'm trying to think of a good, where the language is just dripping with beauty. I mean, a lot of smaller books have that. Um, Tenders the Flesh, that's one I've been kind of bringing up to different people recently. Cause yeah, I literally just checked it out to somebody today and I looked at it and I went, Andy, Andy recommended you this book. She's like, I don't know how well I'm going to deal with it. How, did you read it? And I'm like, I haven't had the time yet. And she's like, is it because, is it too much for you? And I was like, no, it's because I'm in grad school and I don't have time. Um, I hope that, they, that, that patron, I know who you're talking about because I saw it. I was like, hee, 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 hee. Um, it's a heavy book, but like the language was beautiful. The language is beautiful. And that's a kind of a consistent thing with... um. Fahrenheit 451. Have you read it before, Grant? Yes. Okay. Um, he's descriptive. Like, but he, it's, it's one of those interesting things, like, he's so descriptive to the point where, like, every now and then I'm like, all right, Ray, you need to chill on this lengthy sentence, but then you realize he put this powerhouse of a book together, and most of his books are powerhouses to me, even the pulpy ones, because the language, mm -hmm. but he put together this powerhouse of a book in 175 pages. That was just incredible language. But, like, other things to think about, too, when if someone said, like, if, like what do you like about that specific book? You could say uh, language. Maybe they like the, do they like character-driven books? Do they like plot-driven books? Um, setting. Um, I think a common thread I hear upstairs with patrons, and this is a shout-out to a recently departed co-worker, Jen Noble. Um, she is working brilliantly at the Detroit Public Library. You should go see her. Um, she's the one that's garishly dressed in sparkly clothing. At all times. At all times. She, uh, she probably uh, wears the sparkly shoes to sleep at night. Amendment, it's not Lux, it's called Loot, and it's by uh, Jennifer Thorne. Okay. Uh, it is Wickerman. Wickerman meets Final Destination. Okay. Um, and then the other one that I was talking about, it's not, I mean, the... Uh, it came in on a pale horse or whatever. It's it rides a pale horse okay. and it's uh, a small town horror mystery thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other book that I was talking about that I thought was going to be very fun is um, the Hollow Kind by Andy Davidson. Uh, he wrote a book called The Boatman's Daughter, and he does basically like a gothic horror novel. And I'm I'm down for it because gothic literature is one of my favorite things and then the other one that um not that i'm probably gonna get right away but it's interesting and i don't remember where it is is sign here and it's by claudia lux which is why that i couldn't remember who it was and um it's about a guy who works in hell okay. literally okay and is on the cusp of a big promotion if he can kill somebody from a wealthy family and so he has to go and do that here. October 25th. Um, Andy, uh, I, I liked what you were bringing up with, like, you know, just 
all the different little things that people can like about a book and how yeah. you can steer them towards something. And um, a good resource that we use, but also patrons can use, is a novelist. Yeah. Or is that is that what it's? Yeah, yeah novelist, right? novelist plus. Yeah, because you can get really, really in depth with the descriptors on that. Like, um, say you click on a random book and it has like structurally dense. You check mark that. You, you you click the things you like about this book and then it'll show everything else in their, uh, you know, collection. I need a book that's like Daniel Steele, but I've already read all her stuff. And the novelist will give you a full entire list yeah. of books that are similar to Daniel Steele, specifically the one that you want. Maybe mm -hmm. probably Royal. Like, let's just say I want Royal. And it'll give me a list of books that are very similar to Royal, but by different authors. And I can go and ask my library, do you have this book? And if they go... No, but we can order it. You can order it through Melcat. Yeah, that's how I personally found stuff for myself. So it's a good resource. Okay, that's which is interesting because we're talking a little bit about it before the microphone got fired up. Um, that's not something. It's not something I typically use. I mean, it's um, one of the. This is a strategy, and it's not even necessarily the best strategy. But I, I tend to have fun with it with a patron. Like they start talking and you have ideas and you have this knowledge of stuff that's like popular on this top list over here or in this magazine over here. But sometimes I just say, let's go for a walk. And then we're talking ab about books as we go through the stacks. And, and you can see them as you're walking by mm -hmm. and you pull one out and you can go, okay, so I thought this was pretty good. What do you think? Read the inside and then they can read it and then you can start talking about other books that are similar to yeah. it. And if they say no, you can just go another stick. I mean, that's, and that's really, it's not how I necessarily, which brings up a good point. This could circle back to some earlier uh, questions. But, like, how, and I'll say it for me, how I find my books, I, because I review books, sometimes they're just assigned to me. And based on what I've searched, you know, the social media algorithms and Google, all this, the data that's flowing around, um, they are listening. And, no, no. The algorithms. Um, oh, I was like, like, is Amazon listening to me on my phone get again? Out your Jeff Bezos. I generally, <laughs> even with having a TB, TBR pile, I just, I'm a smorgasbord. Like, sometimes someone checks something, and I'm like, oh, that sounds fascinating. I check it out. Or I, I do have to pick myself um, a topic. Every month I read one um, social, social, like social, social economics, science. social science, um, social justice. I want to learn a little bit more. I want to understand a struggle. I'm um, probably going to start reading a book called, uh, hold on, let me, I have to wait for someone else to finish reading it. I can borrow it from them. Well, I better hurry up. <laughs> and Libby is taking forever to load. It's, oh, The, the Little Devil in America. Um, okay, and it's, it's about? Holes in the Praise of Black Performance. Oh. It talks a little bit about uh, the minstrel show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm being told about it, and I'm like, oh, no, like I like to something r racially charged or racially informative. Um, but like that's something that's been in, like when someone else started reading it, I'm like, oh, what's that about? Oh, that sounds fascinating. I think that's my next nonfiction. Um, but like, I I don't know. I I have a really just chaotic way of coming my my next book. Book clubs sometimes are great because it forces me to read. Reviewing audiobooks forces me to read. Um, 
audiobooks are an interesting thing because I tell people sometimes my jam are certain narrators. Like, I look at books, I don't care what it is. Oh, that's Dion Graham? Oh, that's, that's Bonnie, Bonnie Turpin. Turpin. Bonnie, a.k.a. the gold standard. I, <laughs> if I ever meet her in person, she's going to be like, dude, dude, I... I need you to chill. I've seen your tweets. Chill. I'm going to get a PPO um, <laughs> based on your tweets. Um, but I, narrators alone will make me listen to a book. Um, Do you ever just also fall down the Amazon rabbit hole? I'm going to call it out right now. There are times where I'm cataloging or I was doing something, and this is like months ago, and now it's the same thing except, you know, I'm looking for reviews, so I'm looking to see how much it is on Amazon at the same time. For myself, while also looking for the library, you go on, you put in the ISBN, you see the book, and then there's like, you know, the suggestions. And you go, okay. So you put your book in, in the wish list card because you're like, okay, I, I might want to read this later eventually when I get the money to buy it. Or if the library gets it, I want to read it. And then all of a sudden they pop up and you have three more pages mm -hmm. or thingies worth of books to go through. And now I have ten tabs open worth of books. <laughs> all of them have their own recommendations of books that are similar. And by the time I'm done, I started in the fantasy section, and now I am all the way over here looking at books about plants. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's just there. Amazon recommended it to me. I mean, it sounds like... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Continue. It sounds like a kind of adaptation of, like, brainstorming, clustering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even, like, shout out to the Mel Maven. Mel Maven. Uh, course we had to do the uh, lateral learning isn't that it's, kind of what it, readers advisory is anyways you're yeah. just basically doing brain clusters with people mm -hmm. they ask you it's like when you go into the retail store and it's like i go to walmart and i'm like lol i need to buy um some crackers but i really don't want cheese it's right now and then the poor worker who's trying to just restock the shelves comes down and i look at them and i go hey what kind of crackers do you like <laughs> like it's it's like walking into the office supply store and telling the person at the front cash register, hey, I'm looking for this. And then you all of a sudden have to go, well, okay, what do you mean? And then you go into a brain cluster with that person as you're trying to figure it out. It's the same thing with books. Yeah. You're basically using us as your retail workers and you're having us come in and go, hey, recommend me a book. Except you don't have to buy it. You can just take it home. And if you don't like it, you don't have to worry about wasting your money because you can just bring it back to the library. Which, on that note, and this is something I struggle with, and I want to hear from you too, um, how long, how many pages, how much time do you give a book before you're like, no, nah, I'm done? Halfway. Halfway? Halfway. I'd say like a few chapters in. Okay. Um, I mean, typically I'm pretty good about once I start something, I'll finish it, but like, I was, I started um, a Virginia Woolf book recently, and I just was not in the mood for it. I, you know, and I, like, I didn't, I didn't get super far in it, but I could tell. Yeah. I, I wasn't gonna last like 300 or so pages. I got halfway through Eclipse once, and I was like, yeah, no, this is boring, and I put it down, and then Breaking Dawn came out like soon after that, and I was like, lol, I need to read this, so I picked up Breaking Dawn, and then I never opened it because I was just so upset that I only got halfway through Eclipse because I got so bored because we didn't need it. We didn't need all of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
if I get through a book and I get bored halfway through, like, it doesn't give me the, uh, throw it against the wall moment at some point in the beginning. No. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, and I can appreciate a slow burn, like. I love slow burns. Yeah, but there has to be something that. You have to have me, yeah, you have to have me suspended in there because that's where the throwing the book at the wall moment goes because you're like, okay, now kiss to the slow burners and then they get like two chapters further ahead and they still haven't done it yet and you're just like, I'm about to flip this table (laughs) onto the ground and then it's like ten more chapters later because I'm invested, I want to see this happen and it doesn't until like the very end and it keeps me in there. Do you have a preference on like fast pace or slow burn? Somewhere in the middle. Okay. If I, it depends. So in my fan fictions that I read often instead of normal books because that's just how I am as a human being, um, I can appreciate both fast paced and slow burns. Mm-hmm. Um, it always just depends on what kind of mood I'm in that day. Um, when I was younger, one of the first very long fan fictions I ever read was a Merlin, BBC Merlin fan fiction that was yeah. 300 and something chapters long. Um, it was that long in terms of, they could probably split it up into like five different books and it would work. Um, I got halfway through it and I was like, okay, this is fine, but then Merlin was ending and I was just like, okay, no, I don't want to read this anymore. But instead, I wrote, read a 92-chapter fanfiction, and I considered that fast-paced. Okay. But if it is a cracky, for those who don't know, crack is the term for it, it is very funny, it is very parody, and any, it is, um, whose line is it anyways, and all the points don't matter, is how a crack fic should go. If it's one of those, I am down for it being super fast-paced. Because it just gets right into it, and it's hilarious, and I'm cracking up, and I'm dying on the floor. But if it's a slow, like, if it's a, like, serious, I like it when people take it, and they world build upon that. And they go a little bit slower, because if they go a little bit faster, I'm like, this is going way too fast, and I don't understand why we decided to have this moment in chapter five, when you should have done it, like, two chapters later. But if it goes too slow... Then I'm like, eh, you should have done this like five chapters ago. I wanted to see Harry yell at Dumbledore five chapters ago, and you had to do it now. You could have done it like ages ago when we were ha- they were having an argument, and I was waiting for it, and then you decided to do it out of nowhere, but you decided to do it very choppily in this chapter when it would have fitted perfectly back there. So fast-paced or slow burn? I like a little bit of both. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think about some slow books, slow, slow burn books I picked up lately. Um, I'm really struggling because I, I feel like I don't know. I'm, I'm dragging on the slow burn. I've read a good number of fast-paced books um, recently. Um, you mentioned the Cool Prince that flew. Would the Dragonlance series be pretty fast-paced? That was a medium-paced one. Um, I mean, it's I'd say it's fast-paced simply because I didn't put it down. Like, I just just burned through it just because I couldn't stop. I needed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like three and a half decades of, like, fantasy fiction love being 
you know, a, a, a sung to. Um, but I, I'd even say that's, that can be a little slow burn sometimes. Not serious. Now, we're not talking like uh, Ken Follett, Pillars of the Earth. As um, good as it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is interesting. I don't like Ken Follett outside of Pillars I'm of the Earth. I'm the same because I, I have like zero interest in spy stories or anything. That's like all his other stuff. Yeah. Um, what was I? I had other questions. Um, I had a couple other questions, but continue, please. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I. I mean, I'm kind of just adding to what everybody else said, but like. It depends on the book. Um, you know, fast-paced, slow-paced. Um, I guess I kind of err towards the side of slow burns only because I like I like digressions, I like introspection, and you need more time and less plot to do that. And I'm not a huge plot person, so I can kind of... It's just kind of what I... See, I read but. Victor Hugo's Les Mis, mm-hmm. the unabridged version, Yeah. Oh and it screwed up slow burns for me forever. Is that the one where it has he goes like, into the like Waterloo a, or whatever? He yeah, he has like a bunch of chapters about the Waterloo, but then he also goes on like a two hundred page rant about the Parisian sewers. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm down for some introspection, but when you go into two hundred pages about how a sewer looks and feels and how gross it is, and why Paris sucks with their sewer system and why it needs to get better. Like, you go into a political memoir in the middle of your whole entire thing. Yeah, I can't. Mm-hmm. Then the slow burn is now dead. We are dead. And it's the same thing sometimes with some Charles Dickens as well, but that's just because he's very dense. Yeah. Um, Although Christmas Carol, I would say it's It's fast. very short. It's very short. It's very fast-paced yeah. for that one. I'm talking about, like, so it's like Oliver Twisty ones. Those are very... When they're big, you know you're getting a lot of good stuff because they're paid by the word. Yeah. But then they just start going, and then you're like, okay, get to the point. I want, I want to know what happens next <laughs> to the character. Do you? We're I, talking about these kind of like characteristics within books, rather than strict genre conventions, author conventions, like different kind of conventions within books. Um, is there anything weird that you? Like, I'm trying to think of a good example, like, something off the beaten path in terms of a convention, like, um, that you might, you yourself like, or you find other people, like, oh, I like this. Is that kind of weird? Like, you said invention? Convention. Oh, convention. Oh, okay. Like, you like a convention, or? Uh, no, like, 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 let's, let's say you have somebody come up to you and you go, I really like this book because it has X, Y, Z. Is that mm-hmm. weird? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't really have any. Granted, I've I've read some pretty gnarly things because I read creepypastas and SCPs mm-hmm. for fun. Yes. Um, those can get pretty gnarly. Um, I almost decided I didn't buy it, but I almost splurged for myself on the whole SCP collection. Oh, yeah, they were, yeah, they're, like, they're turning it into a book series, like book collection of all of them. If they did a creepypasta version, I would get that one probably in a heartbeat just because some of those are kind of psychologically damaging. <laughs> no, honestly, that's I kind of look for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, you know, some people I do seek out bring, horror movies. So. I do need to bring the copy. I, I think Lori is going to borrow it too. Tenders of the Flesh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it was so horrific. 
and beautiful, mm -hmm. just at the same time. Um, yeah. And I, I plugged it last episode because it was what I was reading, but I think I kind of undersold it. It was... Uh, you undersold something? I undersold it, I think. Um, Amygdala Tropolis by B.R. Yeager. Okay. That's um, a tragedy. You should never undersell something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if, if we're on the topic of like messed up stuff, because it, it does get very messed up. Um, but it also gets into like philosophy and stuff. Um, and I don't know, just kind of, it, it tells its story in a way I haven't really seen done exactly like that. Um, uh, and like some other conventions that I kind of look for, I really like nonlinear stories, or at least fractured stories okay. to some extent. Okay. Um, maybe seeing it from different people's perspectives, which oh, is why, I, which is why I really liked. Uh, the Faulkner books I've read yeah. this year because he does a lot of that um, what about you Andy um I I don't know I don't feel like I I feel like I'm pretty cookie cutter in certain of like what I like um, so like to that end like I mean I like I, I, I like my heart to be ripped out mm -hmm. I do but it's not usually what I go for first. It's not usually what I when I start creating that list of what I'm going to go for. Um, really, I'm going to deviate a little bit because we are running short on time. Um, we I, are. Yeah. That's so weird. I thought this was going to be so much shorter today. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'd like to add, and this is two final thoughts about this: the topic of readers' advisory. One, and I am better than I used to be as a library professional. I don't think I was ever this bad, but I had to go through a growing process in my adult life not being such a butt face and judging like my nieces and nephews for what they're reading because really at the, at the end of the day they're reading that mm -hmm. in and of itself from a family who were we're not a my family we're not readers i've always been like my mom's not a huge reader you know dad not a huge reader so on and so forth but like i used to tease and it's important to not shame someone and if someone i, I i've tried to do this lately says yeah I know it's a little it's, I know it's not great no stop like I like I, I don't like to cut off a patron but I'm like no first off ma'am sir you need to love that love that book whatever it is love it whatever and you do not need to be ashamed love, stay with it if that's your favorite thing to read that's the best thing for you if you only want to read those five specific books because that's what gets your rocks off in terms of reading. Yeah. You sit there and you read those five books over and over again. I don't care if you're on the subway in New York City holding it up for the world to see. That's what you're reading. That's what you're reading. Like, it's fine. Because there are a lot of people out there that will hate on you for reading that. They probably don't even read a book. Judgmental there. That was a little. But anyways, there's that. And then I also wanted to say, like, what do you think the success? How do you measure success of Good Reader's Advisory? Um, I mean, I have my thoughts. When they come back to me and they tell me either they like it and they want more, or if they tell me they don't, and they tell me what they don't like about it so I can help them further along by suggesting them either redirecting them to you or Grant or to Tony, you know, or redirecting them to a different novel that they could enjoy. Yeah. Readers, I hate to say it this way, but you'll understand this soon as yeah. I say it. 
Reader's Advisory is kind of like playing a game of Russian Roulette or your axe throwing against Ooh, a wheel. Yeah, yeah. You are kind of, they're kind of telling you what they like, and it's the wheel going around and around and around. And the book that you're suggesting is the axe, and you are literally throwing it at the wheel, hoping that it sticks. And then if it does, great, 10 out of 10, you can suggest other books that are similar to what you just threw at them. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, also great, because then you can turn around and you've learned one more about your patron. Two, if you don't, if we don't have anything, that, like, let's say they're reading things and you just can't find what they like, and that we don't have it here, you can always, A, suggest it to the person who's ordering your books for you to buy that book. Hey, I'm right here. Um, or you can ask to order it on Melcat, and we can try to get that in for you. Like, it's a game, it's a collection development tool. Yeah. Because not only are, you, like, successful readers advisory not only helps you, but it also helps us, because it gives us an idea of, one, what you like, so we can suggest better books to you, and then two, it gives us an insight as to what our patrons are actually reading, and it helps us determine what books we should be purchasing for you to read. And that's how I consider it successful, is if they come to me and they tell me if they like it and they don't. If they don't come up to me or one of you guys and says they like it or dislike it, then I consider it a fail. Because I feel like if they come up and they go, I hate this book. Okay, let's find you something different. I loved this book. Let's find you something similar. If they I don't tell you, you're like, I don't know how to help you now. Sorry. I've always, I'm going to piggyback on that because what my kind of metric for successful readers advisory is that they come back to you. Yeah. And that they, they come back to you for more conversation about what to read. Even if they hate it, they come back to you. They come back to you. And that they feel that they're in a safe space to explore other reading options. Um, and I feel like we've seen some good growth in, in terms of the safe space factor. Um, as pertinent as how it is right now in the library world and the kind of socio-political spectrum, um, when we see people like, oh, I want a character with like gay relationships, gay bring fiction. it. Gay fiction, give like, me. Yeah, like thank you for asking about it in this library that you feel safe you can ask that. Mm -hmm. Now that we've covered that, let's get you that, I was going to say, expletive. <laughs> let's you, get you that. -ish. I'm going to get you that Gosh darn book. great book. Um, but yeah, I, this was more fun than I anticipated. Like we weren't laughing I, I, loud. I don't, I don't have a smack for you. I'm we sorry. We don't have a smack today. I that's, that's, but, a smack. Oh. Yeah, that's a smack. That's a smack for the day. There you go. Oh, hurt <laughs> <laughs> do you ever remember we will be back in effect next in two weeks with a good smack we were a little ill prepared for today it was it was kind of impromptu but like yeah. in the best way possible like yeah. jazz like what like jazz jazz hands these are not spirit fingers these, these are, are spirit fingers. fingers i'll pretend i understand that reference uh bring it on Wait, wait, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a bring it on reference. Like, what? Um, which, also, think about smacking. I remember this game where, like, you'd stand with your hands, like, elbows, hands together, and someone would slap.